Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And uh, we are, once again, just like when we first started doing this together back at the start of the season, a long way apart. I am back in Australia, in case anyone missed that. Obviously, it's been a crazy few days, so I haven't been on the podcast since uh, since last Wednesday, I believe, when we were... Well, last Tuesday night, it would have been US time when we, we thought that the biggest concern we were going to have during the week was whether or not Giannis would play on Thursday against the Celtics and maybe on Saturday against the Warriors, Frank. But uh, this was this is unexpected. I, I did not think I would be talking to you from Australia again so soon. Uh, yes, yeah, so a week ago, it was such simpler times, right? We were talking <laughs> about the Suns beating the box and looking ahead to that Monday night encounter on the back-to-back. We could actually just pretty much podcast about you know, NBA basketball. Uh, and now we've got pretty much everything but NBA basketball happening right now. Well, no sports in general, I shouldn't say everything. But um, but I thought maybe we could talk a little bit. I <clears throat> I did my solo pod um, trying to sort of pick up the pieces of uh, sort of where we were uh, on, I guess it was Thursday. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think everybody's having their lives impacted in, in some ways. Um, I mean, for me, I, I would count myself very lucky. Um, I mean, I so I don't know how I don't know if I really talked about this much on the podcast, but my day job is I'm a management consultant, and so I travel a lot. Um, and I have a team that is generally pretty spread out anyway. I've got a team that's partially based in India. Um, part of my team travels to uh, a client every week, and shockingly, we're not traveling to the client <laughs> uh, moving forward. Um, and so I'm just going to be working from home, but that's really not that doesn't change that much for me. Um, kind of day to day at least, um, you know, like my teams and my projects are sort of, sort of typically kind of are, are based around being able to kind of work remotely anyway. So I have it relatively easier. Um, probably the most complicated thing for me is just that my daughter's daycare was canceled as of Friday, which, you know, as anyone who has kids, whether they're in school or daycare, once you no longer have that option, like your life, your life changes very dramatically because you have to figure out sort of how you're going to handle that. Um, but fortunately, again, my wife works from home anyway, um, and she works kind of part time typically. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, again, our productivity is going to be severely curtailed <laughs> having to actually parent full time, uh, heaven yeah. forbid. But, um, you know, bottom line is we can we can kind of manage it. You know, we're not we're not missing out on paychecks like a lot of people are. Um, who, you know, if you work obviously like in the restaurant industry or, um, you know, obviously you're going to see part of this, obviously, you know, you, you feel dollar freelance work. I mean, this is, um, something that that you're going to see kind of firsthand. And so I think net net, my life doesn't change that much in the grand scheme of the universe. Um, but I want to talk more about you because I mean, you're sort of, um, an extreme example of someone whose life has literally been 
I don't know if turned upside down is the right word, but I mean, you're literally on the opposite side of the world. Whereas a week ago, you know, you're thinking I'm in Milwaukee getting ready to cover hopefully a deep playoff run. And now you are back in Australia. It's been a probably a crazy, whatever it's been now, 96 hours or however long it's been. Yeah. It feels like a lot longer. Let's just say that because I know as you sort of pointed to, it was literally right now as we were recording this exact time last week, uh, we were we were doing the post game podcast for uh, the Phoenix game and and really like feeling kind of optimistic in a strange way about the the results from the from the Giannis MRI with his knee. So it's been remarkable to me. I, I think last weekend was the first time where I really considered uh, not that I wasn't taking it seriously beforehand, but I think last weekend was the first time where I was like okay, this, this could have a serious impact on the NBA and what is, what is that going to mean for me uh, if, if that happens? And then I got to about Wednesday last week, which was obviously the day where everything uh, went crazy. But Wednesday morning was the first time I really considered uh, maybe you know I might be home in a couple of weeks. And, and that's what I thought. I was still thinking in my head um, that it might be a week or two away, uh, depending on, on what happens. And I did radio that day in at ESPN with with Brian D from one to three, and right through that whole two hour show that we did, we were just talking about coronavirus, and we were like, "Wow, this is really starting to to escalate." That was just after the Warriors announced that they were going to play an empty arena game. So even after I finished that radio show, I went home and I, I sent a few emails off. As you sort of said, I mean, I'm freelance. I do this podcast. I do some stuff for ESPN Australia and, and some stuff for, for NBA.com as well. But it, it is, you know, it, it's not consistent money that's coming in there. It is sporadic and it's based on what stories you can get. So even Wednesday afternoon at about 5 p.m., I sent an email to uh, my editors at ESPN and I was like, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be at this Bucks celtics game on Thursday night. It's going to be an empty arena game. Um, I can I can write a story about the the environment that 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 sort of brings with it. It's going to be strange. It can get some reaction from the players, coaches, and just uh, write a story about that uh, night in general. And they, and they were like, yeah, they're like, that seems like a good idea. And then uh, as it, as it happened, li- literally about five hours later, I'd booked a flight to come back to Australia. So, um, you know, th- the main reason really why I came back once the, the NBA season was suspended and it all happened so quickly, but once that sort of Woj tweet came through that it was suspended. Uh, I, I, I realized very quickly that this was not going to be a quick thing. And I could either wait another few days or another week until things get even more crazy and then try and get home uh, and be traveling in, in even more uh, sort of weird circumstances than I did as it was. Uh, but uh, I, I just decided, well, it's time to get back. If I'm not going to be working and there's going to be no games and no media availability for me to be there, uh, I can do this and I can talk to you and I can still um, try and try and get some work, even though that's obviously going to dry up with, with no sports. But uh, it, was, it was a crazy day Wednesday. I mean, it, like I said, it, it went from me still pitching stories to less than 24 hours later, I was on the way back to Australia. And... Uh, you know, just the whole environment. I know a lot of people would have seen, you know, what airports are like at the moment, but it's a, it's a, it's a crazy place to be when you're traveling and, and with all these people trying to either get home and there's a mix of people still trying to work. And it's just a, it's just a really bizarre place to be at the moment at an airport and, and traveling and with everything going on 
the way that it was. And it was also like sad, you know, like I, I came to Milwaukee and, you know, from a selfish point of view, as we know, I am selfish, but, uh, you know, I, as you sort of pointed to, like I came here to, to cover the box and cover the NBA and, and it was supposed to be as the listeners and you and everyone else knows the, a, a really big month. The box had some stuff to figure out and we were talking through that and looking forward to, to hopefully a really, really exciting playoff run. And now, it's it's really up in the air what is even ever going to happen with that and if if they are going to get a chance to still play for that that championship we really don't know i mean and, and that's the reality of it and it, it's just it's just crazy to me how, how quickly it all happened so it's it's super weird it's super weird to be back home and i have to kind of lock myself away for 14 days so i'm <laughs> i'm just sort of cooped up in in my room at home because things in australia are, are, are still um in the in the process of basically um following i guess the path that the u.s has been down most sports have been postponed or cancelled uh but there is still people going to work and you know the people that i'm living with my family when i come back here for these few months i stay with my family and they're all working so for me with the amount of people i've been around and being on a plane and all that that sort of stuff uh i'm well and truly keeping my distance from those people and just trying to just trying to see what happens next but it's it's weird it's 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 a really really strange time for for everyone i think from an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12 pack of beers while you catch up on some old games sometimes you just need what you need to be delivered fast and that's where postmates comes in if you like me you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery deliveries and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to go to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I talked about it on Thursday a bit, but, um, you know, most people can say, you know, you, you kind of say, oh, well, you know, if we don't have sports or if my team gets eliminated or, you know, whatever, whatever, it's, it's a nice to have, right? Sports are kind of a nice to have. It's a luxury. It's a distraction, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I think we're seeing, I mean, you're, you're obviously an extreme example of like, this is what you do, right? I mean, you, you're, you, you obviously, unfortunately, have to see it firsthand you literally I mean there, there wasn't obviously even a reason for you to stay in the country with the, the league being suspended and all the uncertainty about whether you'd be able to get back home all that um, but I think I think it sort of opens your eyes to um, you know again as much as we say that certain things are more important than other things and obviously you know like uh, I don't think any of us would say hey writing about sports or even what I do um, as a consultant like it's not as important as like somebody who's a doctor or a nurse, right? Right. Like in terms of like impact yeah. on society, like, okay, yeah, we totally get that. Um, but the flip side is, you know, if you just stop anything that people are interested in and that, you know, has societal relevance, whether it's sports or the arts, movies, all these things, 
if you just take it away, if you just, you know, say we're just not going to do that, um, th there's big knock-on effects, you know, and, and it, it impacts people. And I mentioned on Thursday, you know, people concerned um, that, you know, not just, we'll talk in a minute here about the, you know, all the people that work at Pfizer Forum to support Bucks games, as well as concerts and all the other things. That's been a big focal point around the NBA and, and you know, all those people that are part-time um, that are kind of game related, like what happens to them without games? It's obviously their income would, would be gone if, if not for these games. Um, but you know, just people are working at sports bars, right? People working at restaurants. And now we're hearing, you know, uh, cities are beginning to say, we're just, Hey, we got to shut this down. We got to shut down bars or got in superfluous things like that. And, you know, it's not without reason, right? Like this is the whole point is to try to limit the spread of, of this virus. But it, it does have obviously very real consequences for people. And, um, it, you know, again, it really opens your eyes to how kind of interconnected all this stuff is and just how much, you know, it's, it isn't just a distraction. It isn't just kind of fun and, you know, oh, yeah, it's like an entertaining thing. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people though are really dependent on that for their livelihood. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I mean, it would be nice if it was just, oh, you can just shut off sports and it doesn't affect anybody's, you know, paychecks, right? Well, the reality is, as you know, you can attest, it, it, it's a real, very real thing. And, you know, that's why obviously we just hope that we can kind of get through this as, as a, not just, you know, society in America, but everywhere, right? And, and it's obviously impacting things everywhere. Um, I don't know, anything else like, like really surprise you as far as, I mean, obviously you're still probably trying to process exactly what what's <laughs> happened um because it's crazy how it's crazy how it like the reality of of kind of where we are like how you know when you actually look back on it, like we were doing i mean it's not like it's not like we thought a week ago that the nba was going to be and every sport would be just suspended indefinitely a week ago right we thought eh, probably gonna have to play games without fans but this is obviously a very different place than just playing without fans and Anything else kind of really surprise you just in, in terms of, you know, the, the experience that you've gone through either personally or just kind of looking at kind of everything that's happened? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the biggest thing is when it, you, you just very quickly realize when you sat back and, and thought about it. And I, and I don't think while I acknowledged how serious this was, and I, I certainly anticipated that there was going to be, you know, major effects to, to things that we consider normal things with our everyday life. I, I didn't expect that this was going to happen so quickly, but I, I think the second that you sat back and thought about the ramifications of having a player, a single player, uh, test positive to this and what that means for the league in general, and then you apply that to to other aspects of life and how easily uh, this thing can spread and and between people and and within groups, and then I, I think that I think that it's just inter interesting to look back and see that the NBA. And this one positive test was really the catalyst for the United States anyway, saying, oh, uh, shit, this is this is like a really serious thing. And I think that in itself is kind of remarkable. And, and you know, as, as you sort of pointed to, I mean, people are going to be seriously affected by this. The only thing that I will say and the only thing that I hope is that if by by doing this and taking the drastic measures that you talked about, shutting everything down, that the sooner you do it, and the sooner you, you try and slow this thing down, uh, hopefully things can get back to normal. And, and I, I think that that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm like, let's not delay this. Let's, let's try and get on top of it so we can get back to, to everything. People going to work and, and then, you know, obviously on, on the back end of that, hopefully us uh, watching sport again. But 
uh, I think that it's, it's better to be proactive than, than wait. And uh, this is going to be a bit of a rough stretch that we've got going on. But you, you sort of pointed to it. And I think that this has sort of happened since the, the last time, uh, since you did the solo pod, which I did. I downloaded on the plane, actually. It took a, a long, long time to download. But I eventually was able to listen to that, um, which was, was a fantastic listen, by the way. I mean, I, I, you know, I think you really, given what you knew at the time, spoke through everything really well. But since then, um, when you talk about the FISO Forum workers, we've seen uh, first off a, a donation of $100,000 uh, from Giannis, which was matched by the Bucks. And then we're seeing Chris Milton follow suit with that. And then after that, the, the rest of the Bucks roster donate uh, a number, a dollar amount to which the Bucks have obviously pledged that they were going to match. But I, I don't know where you want to start with this. This was obviously a topic of contention with uh, Bucks fans and probably the wider community, I think. After the Bucks matched this figure, I think that there was certainly um, some feelings that the way that this happened was a little bit backwards. And, and I certainly understand that. I must admit, I was a little bit surprised at the way that it played out. But, but I know you were listening to some of the quotes that came from the media availability from here. I think I was still on a, on a plane at that point. But where did you want to start with this? Because this, uh, this is the real life stuff. I mean, we talk about the games and what that means to us as fans and people that love sport. But but this is this is this is real stuff. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing too. I mean, I think we all sort of understand in the abstract, sort of like the kind of stuff that that this involves. You know, I mean, obviously we we everybody's listened to this, which has really been to an NBA basketball game, hopefully at some point in their lives uh, or, or a major sporting event. And, you know, obviously there's ushers, security, game ops, you know, there's the, the people obviously serving you food, all these people, there are all these people that, you know, again, this isn't like, obviously they don't sit around all day long <laughs> waiting for people to show up at a stadium, but um, there's a huge uh, number of people that um, support the games actually happening and uh, what we do know is, uh, I think the number we've seen previously related to the, to the Bucks operations is that there's maybe like a thousand workers. Um, I believe they're unionized. I don't think it's just one union. I think there may be, I want to say maybe three unions um, that are kind of covered by this. And, and there was actually an agreement, um, a couple of agreements here over the past you know, couple of years as, as Pfizer Forum has been built and, you know, all the planning has gone into this. And you know, say, let's start by saying this, give the Bucks credit. I mean, I, I forget it was last year, there was an agreement to raise uh, the minimum wage of folks who are uh, part of sort of this, the you know, Pfizer Forum part-time workers to about 15 bucks an hour by the middle of this year. Um, and so, you know, that's obviously positive. C. So, you know, again, the, the negotiated contract there seems to be pretty generous, at least in terms of dollar per hour number. Obviously, I have no idea the other provisions of, of that contract. I won't claim to. Um, so, you know, again, it seemed like, okay, the Bucks were pretty progressive in terms of how they were compensating folks uh, in that group. Um, but, you know, I totally agree. Like, the optics of sort of how it played out with, you know, how are they going to get covered, who was going to be paying them, et cetera, um, came out not looking great because Giannis sort of beat them to the punch. And it looked like there were probably things being, I think, and, and Eric Name uh, did write an article about this and, and got some quotes from uh, the Bucks as well. And it seemed like there were things being worked on. And then uh, Giannis and his team kind of came out with their announcement, um, which may have been, you know, Giannis's agent maybe said, hey, just announce your thing. And 
you know, kudos to Giannis. Like, because that's the thing, right? Like, players should not be feeling the obligation to, you know, lead the charge on compensating, you know, the game day employees, right? Like, players, even Giannis, um, as much as they make, um, they are, you know, poor relative to NBA team owners. So if anybody's going to be leading this, you would expect it to be ownership. And so, I, again, I, I think, you know, you know, the idea of this sort of being backwards, I think, um, is what a lot of people reacted to, understandably, because it, you know, naturally it would feel like, oh, well, the ownership should, should come out and lead and then players can kind of do whatever to support beyond that, right? Um, and I think, like, you know, and again, so much of this is just, like, also optics, because, like, again, like, 98% of the people digesting this news don't, you know, like, even us to a large extent don't really understand fully like all the you know ins and outs of, of what that means to to pay them what they would have been paid right like i i still also don't know i mean the bucks manage pfizer forum right well there's a lot that happens at pfizer forum that isn't bucks related either so uh you know like w- what is our level of expectation or two like are we saying you know ownership and players i mean are they going to be trying to compensate for non-bucks events at this arena too that's also income that those people would have been expecting um, so it's, again, it's just a really kind of complicated situation. And I think the optics are, you know, again, um, you know, and not to be too cynical about this, but like, I thought Mark Cuban did really well. Like he sort of just made like a vague promise that they would take care of people. And optically that was perfect. Cause it just said, all right, Cuban's doing something, right. We don't, we don't know exactly what he's going to be doing, the exact details of it, but it, you know, he just basically said, all right, we're going to deal with it. Um, so I think anytime you wait as a company, you know, and you let anybody else sort of like in this case, a player or players kind of lead the charge and seem to be taking responsibility where you would expect the team to be able to do, to be doing that. That's where I think people understandably look at it and be like, wait a minute, like, were you just, you know, pinching pennies? Like, like, why are you making the players basically be the heroes out of all this? So yeah, I agree. It's just, you know, again, it seems like end of the day, um, I don't know how much of lost wages are going to get covered here. Um, but at least it's going to be, some portion of that via the players and the team uh, kind of combined. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how much that changes. Obviously, um, you know, I don't, not every team has agreed to do this at this point, but again, as you might expect, there's been a lot of pressure, obviously uh, peer pressure as, as some teams have started doing this for other teams to kind of follow suit. And we've seen a number of players uh, step up and, and agree to help out as well, which again is, um, you know, pretty remarkable. And even stuff just like how you compensate them for stuff is kind of complicated. Like I think the maps thing, it was like, they were looking at, you know, do they have, do they have staff like volunteer and do other stuff? Cause again, like, is this a charitable contribution? Is this like payment? Like what, what exactly, you know, what are, what are even the mechanisms for paying people? All that stuff is important, but in terms of like winning a PR battle, like nobody cares about that stuff, right? So this is the problem is if you're spending time kind of trying to figure out the exact, you know, mechanics of it, um, then the public is just going to say, well, I don't care about that. Like, just tell me that you're going to deal with it, right? And again, and that's this is, you know, when you talk about leadership, whether it's, you know, presidents or companies, whatever, um, in times of uncertainty, people just want to hear that you're going to take care of it, right? They're going to look to people in power and they just want to hear confidence and certainty. And sometimes you can't give that, um, such as, you know, when are the, when is the NBA going to be back? Um, but around this issue, obviously um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a big deal, like for the reasons we mentioned and, and who knows, right? Like 
I mean, teams are probably like, uh, well, covering it for 30 days is one thing, but 60 days, 90 days, am I covering, <laughs> you know, concerts throughout the summer? Like what, what, you know, what, what am I signing up here for? And again, that kind of mindset, again, that's the business mindset. I, I understand it, right? Cause you're talking about big swings of dollars. Um, but given all these companies are and, and teams are losing a bunch of money as is, you know, again, you know, the, the tendency to think like a profit maximizing organization obviously kind of comes into play. And unfortunately, you know, I think you, you see what happens. You're going to get dinged in, uh, in term by the public. If you, you know, if you kind of take your eye off the ball and if you let, you let that, um, you know, kind of dominate and, and maybe slow down your, your ability to react. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a realist about this kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm a little bit cynical thinking about it from a PR versus kind of reality perspective, but, um, I'm at least glad that, uh, you know, there's going to be some, uh, some attempt made here to, to take care of, of people who have to work at Pfizer Forum. But again, uh, you know, relatively speaking, that means they're kind of lucky compared to a lot of other businesses, um, which, you know, there's, there's not going to be, it sounds like there's going to be some federal coverage um, for people who, who miss work that they're going to still be able to get paid. Um, but there are exclusions to that exceptions to that. So who knows, right? Like at this point, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And again, you just hope that as many people as possible, um, first and foremost can have like, you know, any, any medical issues related to this taken care of. Um, and then secondly, obviously just, you know, if you're having to stay home at, from work, take care of your kid, take care of your kids, things like that, or just cause there's no event, hopefully people, you know, aren't thrown under the bus, you know, financially because of something that obviously is, is way beyond their control. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that the, the point, one of the points that you made off the top is interesting. Just when specific to this box, I'll spit that out specific to the box was that uh, we, we don't really know. We'll never know whether this was uh, the players coming out and saying, uh, we want to take the initiative here. We've seen some other players do this. Uh, we want to get on the front foot. So I think that that's the thing that we'll never really know. And, and as you sort of pointed to, uh, this was initially 30 days, sure. Uh, today, just this afternoon, we've seen um, the latest news from the CDC saying that they recommend that there is no gatherings or events uh, in the United States for the next eight weeks of 50-plus people. Now, uh, clearly, uh, this rules out any major sporting events uh, for the next two months, essentially, or, or the two months... Um, you know, from when from when it all was suspended, which takes you right through to the middle of May. Uh, now we're seeing some stuff saying that uh, there are NBA owners and some executives that believe that the NBA, if it is to start, which Adam Silver has obviously obviously said he would like to do, uh, that they believe that it's not going to be till the middle of June or the end of June. And this is all really interesting because we we saw a follow up tweet that suggested that there are contingencies in place. Like, how do you actually put forward a game if you have them? In, a, in an NBA arena, then naturally you're going to have to have a bunch of staff there. There's going to have to be the security. Uh, there'll be no fans. But very quickly, you get to that 50 number. So one of the other things that apparently is being discussed is, is having games in practice facilities, which is just absolutely insane to think about uh, NBA games being played in, in team practice facilities. But uh, they're clearly explore, exploring every avenue to get this NBA season up and running if and when uh, it is possible. But Certainly, this thing is going to continue to, to develop and, and it's kind of remarkable as we sort of spoke about that it's only been four days. So, you know, two days ago, it was the NBA was going to be suspended for 30 days. Now, 
the recommendation from a from a uh, from the CDC is obviously eight weeks. Uh, what's it going to be in a week's time? We don't really know. This thing is continuing to develop. So, uh, long story short, as all we know right now is that you can be sure that there's not going to be any NBA basketball for uh, a long, long time. And and at this point of year, where we're used to uh, sitting back and watching NBA playoff games and going to NBA playoff games this is just going to be a really, really strange time to get through. Yeah. And I actually, I'm glad, um, I'm glad that the league seems to be kind of looking at more of a, well, I, I, I want to say worst case scenario because worst case is obviously the season is canceled entirely, but a, you know, long delay scenario is the most likely, right? Like it seems like, you know, the idea of starting in, in mid to late June, that that's more like a 90 day delay scenario or more. Um, you know, eight weeks would take us to, I think, the week of May 11th when I was just looking at the calendar. Uh, so one thing, Mark Lazier did a, uh, an interview with Howard Beck on the full 48 on Thursday. So this is, again, is like, you know, every day that goes by, it feels like an eternity. And like, we know different things, you know, and, and stuff from a couple of days ago already seems dated. But um, the, I think the the refrain out of that podcast that I think is was the most relevant was him just saying like, hey, look, like, you know, this decision is large. I mean, there's a large aspect of this word. The decision is going to be made for you, right? So to act like the NBA is just, you know, going to wait 30 days and then just make its decision. I mean, that's really not how this would go, right? It's going to be dictated by, you know, they've got 28 markets and different cities, different states have had, you know, issued different rules about how many people can be in the same place, right? Um, the CD, CDC giving a guidance, you know, I, I don't know, right? Like, if you can hold a game with 55 people, like, uh, you know, what, what do you do with that, right? And if all the, you know, if some of the cities and states that you're in are saying, like, no, you can't even do that, then uh, then can you do anything, right? So, um, so I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think the thing that sort of has thrown a lot of this off is that I think the leagues were sort of, to a large extent up until this week left to sort of figure stuff out on their own. Um, and really like some of the municipalities were sort of pressuring. Like I think we saw in, um, in uh, the Bay area, uh, they were, you know, the warriors had to sort of be pressured into the idea of not allowing fans at games. Um, and so it seemed like, you know, kind of in the absence of a kind of firm leadership at sort of like sort of, you know, like the CDC or, the, you know, federal government coming out and saying like, no, you cannot have games. Um, you know, you're sort of like leaving the teams to in the league to sort of figure out for themselves what they were going to do. And then now though, as it seems like finally we have more at that federal state municipal level, we have a lot more, a lot more serious sort of measures being brought into play. Um, the obvious question is, well, you know, no, no league is going to be able to just restart until those governing bodies, you know, at at whatever level they are, that they actually kind of say and and kind of bless it. Right. And I don't think the NBA would want to be starting restarting their season, especially with fans in the stands. If, you know, the CDC or certain States where they play are saying, this isn't a good idea or we we won't, we'll just, we won't allow it. Right. So, um, so I think that's something to keep in mind. Like this is not going to be something that the league can just even decide on its own. I think again, to, to Mark Lazar's point, I think a lot of this will ultimately be kind of decided for them. And, you know, I think from a PR perspective, um, I don't think any league 
any of the the kind of let's say reputable leagues are going to want to start playing again when you know the the, the medical authorities and and people who understand public health better than they do are saying no you shouldn't be doing this so um but that said certainly mark lazary still felt optimistic there was going to be a season at some point and i think the best chance of having a season which again i think you have every incentive to come up with some version of this season even if it is abbreviated uh even if it is without fans um you know i i was tweeting with with some folks uh tonight and you know like the idea of this impacting next season's nba calendar it's like look you know you're you should the idea of giving up the playoffs this year canceling the playoffs this year because you're worried about the first couple months of the regular season next year is like kind of like crazy to me <laughs> crazy to me like we all agree the first couple months of the regular season are you know the least valuable the least interesting the hardest for the nba to maintain relevance so the idea of you know well we can't go until we can't play till august because then we'd have to push back our next training camp look i know it's a huge logistical hurdle but i think you know, the NBA is doing the right thing by based on, on Woj's uh, story tonight. It seems like they're planning for that, you know, downside scenario where they don't get to play until June and they go into late summer. Plan for that. That's the logistical really big challenge because you have to find building acts, you know, buildings, places to play, et cetera. Figure out what that looks like. And financially, if that makes sense, then, I mean, who knows, right? Like if, you know, we can all pray for the scenario that, you know, things get better sooner and that you could actually play after eight weeks. Um, well, then obviously that's a much better scenario and financially it's better and everything else. Right. It's, and it's easier to do logistically because you're not going as far beyond kind of your existing calendar. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think solve for that kind of downside, although not worst case scenario. And then, I mean, look, if you plan out, if you, if you plan out a calendar, where the playoffs start in mid June and go through August. And let's just say, you know, after 10 weeks, you believe that you can restart a season. And again, I'm guessing it may be in front of no fans initially, but well, you can fill that gap between, you know, that, that mid June start of the playoffs and any, 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 you know, if, if we're blessed to have a little bit more time in between, that becomes available well you could throw in some regular season games or throw in your playoff play-in tournament or something like that right um so i don't know i mean again we're we're in we're obviously in nobody really knows anything type type mode um but i think i think what they're planning around makes sense to me um and i'm glad that they're not just you know initially they were saying well we'll, figure, we'll wait 30 days and then reassess I think it's good that they're now looking further down the road and trying to think through those eventualities. Um, because again, it just seems like it's something that most likely was going to happen and you're better off planning for that rather than every 30 days saying, Oh crap, what happens if we have to push another 30 days? What happens if we have to push another 30 days? Right. Because it just becomes harder and harder to save the season at that point. Yeah. I mean, and again, as, as we sort of already pointed to it, it almost feels at this point, at this early stage, um, you know, almost pointless talking about this because uh, as we've sort of pointed to right through the podcast, uh, things continue to change. And and right now uh, on, on Sunday evening, we, we don't know where we're going to be even in, in a week's time, let alone in a couple of days' time. So I think that uh, 
this is clearly bigger than basketball, bigger than sports anyway. So, I mean, it's going to be determined on what's going on uh, with the world. And as you said, it's going to be out of Adam Silver's hand. I think that they you know, ultimately made the right decision to suspend the season as quickly as they did and, and not mess around with this thing. Um, but uh, it's going to be something that's going to evolve as the days go on. But uh, the big thing is, now that I am uh, at home, and locked in in my bedroom i have plenty of time to to podcast so uh we're gonna keep rolling we're still gonna be doing the daily thing uh frank i I know i tweeted out the other day that we are going to do a mailbag um while there there seems to be um still daily news um flowing through we are going to get to the mailbag eventually but it'll most likely be later uh in, in this week that we'll start rolling that out we already got a bunch of questions but uh, you can still get them to the to the at Locked On Bucks uh, Twitter account. There is a tweet there that you, you throw your questions under that one. And, and Frank, I know last time I don't have access to the Gmail. What's the Gmail? Should people send them through via email as well? LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Yes, it is exactly what you would expect it to be. All right. Before we go, one other thing. Uh, I've got a bone to pick. Uh, I just saw a tweet of yours before we started recording. Um, please explain the letter you got from Rocky Rococo Pizza Place? <laughs> well, dreams do come true, uh, <laughs> Kane. In, in, a, in a world of uncertainty, um, finally something broke, broke our way, or at least broke my way. Um, uh, so our uh, loyal podcast listener, Kevin Fazy, uh, who's uh, been a regular mailbagger of ours, uh, pinged me and, and, and let me know that he actually knows, uh, like, I think it's like the family that, one of the family, I don't know if it's the family, I have to double check. It was the family that started Rocky Rococo's in like the Madison area or, or, or long story short, they were, they still manage some restaurants, not the ones that I go to in the Milwaukee area. Um, but he was basically like, you know, oh, like we, we could probably get you a, a gift card or something hook up. So uh, I don't know exactly all the, the, the machinations that, that Kevin went through, but long story short, uh, I got a $20 gift card in the mail today. Um, nice. and, and I, I tweeted out my, my picture of my, uh, the, the mail, which of course is very exciting to see a Rocky Rococo envelope show up, uh, in my mailbox. And it's even got, you know, the, uh, the, the mail meter thing. Uh, I don't know if people look at you, know, go check out the, the tweet, look at the picture. There's like the Rocky, uh, the Rocky, Rocky's face is like part of the mail meter stamp. It's very, very, uh, very classy, very well done. So, uh, I'll, I'll have to like frame that that uh that uh that piece of mail or something um but of course the irony uh you are how, how do you know how many miles australia <laughs> is from from wisconsin it's like ten thousand miles i have no idea i've I literally it's like half a world away i have no idea how far it is yeah i think it's like uh i think i am currently this is off the top of my head but i think i'm about sixteen thousand kilometers from milwaukee so Whatever that is in miles, I'm not. Yeah, that's sure. just about that's just about ten thousand, sixteen thousand, about ten thousand miles. Yeah, okay, so right. good, yeah, yeah. good, good, good guess. Um, I'm about a thousand miles in Texas from Rockies, uh, and unfortunately, I have no means of getting back to the state of Wisconsin right now. So I'm this this Rocky gift card is just going to be burning a hole in my pocket for pick pick a time window. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, sometime this this summer, uh, we'll have basketball back, and then. I'll have an excuse to go back to Wisconsin, get on a, a plane actually yeah. and, uh, and head home and, and uh, go, go crush some Rockies. So anyway, shout out to Kevin for uh, making that happen. And um, yeah, uh, at least, at least one thing that, that broke my way and 
Kane, hopefully, hopefully in the not so distant future, we will both be back in Wisconsin watching some Bucks basketball. We can we can go to Rockies together and take a picture here of a, maybe a, a locked on Rockies uh, dinner together. Hey, that's that's years and years of uh, persistence and dedication to the brand. And uh, you know, I, I wanted to be upset and I wanted to claim that. You know, am I going to like get to the front door? I'm, I'm stuck in, in, in isolation here. Am I going to get to the front door and there's going to be a special qu- quarantine hop that's going to like pull up to my front door and take me out so I can run some errands or do something over here in Australia? But I think it's unlikely. So I'll, I will wait. I will wait for some Rocky Rococo pizza with you. And, uh, you know, the, the plus side of all this, if you're going to look for a plus side and hope that we get some basketball in July, August, is that uh, the weather will be nice. I didn't really get to a whole lot of summer in, in Wisconsin last year. So uh, let's, let's look forward to that. Let's look forward to some, some nice weather in Wisconsin and hopefully hopefully some playoff basketball or something like that. But Frank, uh, this was good to catch up. It had been a while since we spoke and I, I know that you, you messaged me uh, when uh, all this was happening if, if I was ready to pod and I was like, uh, I'm actually like packing my stuff. I'm, uh, I'm like getting out of here and getting back home. But uh, now that I am back, uh, we can get back to our, our usual or our former podcasting hours. It's 2.30 in the afternoon here on Monday <laughs> that, that we're recording. So it might even be easier to, to find a time to, to get together. But, uh, well, I'm glad you're well. And uh, I, I do hope that all the listeners are taking it easy and uh, hopefully just doing okay. It's going to be a, a strange time. But like I said, you can keep listening to us on, on Lockdown Bucks because we'll be back and we are going to have some fun. Like once we, we're not going to, it's not going to be dead serious all the time. We're going to try and have some fun with this and keep people entertained and have fun ourselves because it's, uh, it's, it's a strange time. But before we do wrap this up, don't forget the Lockdown Podcast Network is going to keep on rolling, as I've said, with Lockdown Bucks. So once you're done listening to Lockdown Bucks, listen to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast with Nate Duncan former guest on the podcast, and John Holliger. But uh, for now, for Frank Madden and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.